Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis, and this is another very special bonus episode where we get under the skin of the industry's most interesting suppliers. Today is all about Wharf, the solid surface supplier that's the brainchild of two old school friends who once mucked around in class, but together now run a very successful and innovative company, while still having a lot of laughs along the way, of course. We'll be meeting Rob Bullen and Trevor Baker, who say that solid surface is long overdue a renaissance in the kitchen specialist arena, so stick around for this discussion. But first... Yes, Wolf is one of the UK's leading manufacturers of solid surface acrylic worktops. They create stunning, seamless products that complement any kitchen or bathroom design and a wide range of budgets. You can find out everything you need to know, including how to get in touch, at wolfsolidsurface.co.uk. That's wolfsolidsurface.co.uk, and I'll put that link in the episode description. As promised, let's go now to Rob Bullen and Trevor Baker at Wharf. Hello to you both chaps. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. How are you doing? Hello to you. Thank you for spending us a little bit of time. And I think, as always, the best thing to do is start at the very beginning because there's a really interesting story to tell here, and I want to make sure that we get this across. So, Trevor, let's go to you first because I think this is all your fault, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I stupidly got involved in workshops. I don't know why. That's 30-odd years ago, so we're still going. Yeah, I'm a cabinet maker by trade. So I, I set up a spoke kitchen manufacturing company. We used to do, you know, half a dozen kitchens a year. So very, very limited, sort of quite high end. Um, this is going back mid nineties. And um, we used to put a bit of Corrient on, on our kitchens and we decided we'd probably quite like to do that ourselves to control the quality. So we got trained up by CD UK all those years ago. Mr. Baker from CD UK came out and signed me up. I did a three-day training course up in Leeds. I got hooked on the product, and here we are, 30-odd years later, still doing it. So what was it? You, yeah, you're a cabinet maker by trade. You, you're on the tools there. You're very artisan type thing. What was it about about this bit of it that fascinated you so much? Yeah, well, it's incredible. It's, it's an, an incredible material because it gets sort of does get under people's skin who get, get involved with it and make it because it's... It's kind of like a miracle when you see it. You don't really understand it. You take a, the components of a kitchen worked up into someone's house, three or four bits, and it just looks like one big thing at the end of it. And, it, and even today, even after, I mean, I'm not on the tools very much. I still do a little bit, but not very much. It's still a great thrill to do this thing where it just, the joints disappear. Uh, we're not allowed to say they're completely invisible. They're inconspicuous. But to all intents and purposes, you can't see them. And that is still... A miraculous thing and it's like no other material the fact you can mold it and do all those things and put sinks into it it just adds to that kind of mystique and we still get that when we take jobs out on site people can't believe it the customers they sort of kind of know what they're getting or what they've bought but they still can't quite believe it when they see it come in in several pieces and, and it ends up being as one thing yeah it's it's a very strange material it really does people either get it and love it and stay in the industry or their lives and that's what we've got we've got lots of companies with with staff that have been there a long long time or, or they don't get it but the vast majority of people in the industry have been there a long time well we'll come on to the materials a bit in a bit more detail in a bit but rob where do you enter the story here what's your background yeah, if we go way, way back, Trevor and I were at school together. So um started nine, ten years old, something like that. Went off our separate path, Trevor set up his own business. I went off to work in the corporate world for people like Ford and Virgin and KPMG and such. And then I set up my own consultant business, helping other businesses turn around and survive. Back in sort of 2000s, Trevor decided to set up his own brand. 
so I was sort of helping him do that. And then 2019, I think it was, timing just fell into place quite nicely. The business was growing really strongly and um, I joined as uh, MD and we've been um, trying to go onwards and upwards ever since. Right, so it's a, it's a real marriage there, isn't it, of two very disparate but very complementary skills. It's the guys on the tools, the artisan, the creative brain, and then you've got the financial, the business brain behind it coming together, and each complements the other perfectly. Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. I mean, we, we overlap. Rob and I, what, what we're really good at is just sitting down and strategizing. We do some interesting stuff. We we um, we look at catastrophe planning, So, uh, and that sounds like it's... Uh, maybe a slightly odd approach but actually by doing that we sort of sit down if this happened if this person left if that sector changed whatever the the, the economy is certainly what we're going through at the moment if this happened what would we do how would wharf react and actually from that kind of looks like a negative thing really positive actions come out of that and we do that regularly pretty much all the time um, when we get together we kind of engineer road trips uh, where we go off and we might spend a couple of days on the road and it's those the long car journeys where we do some of our best work actually just going over and over scenarios but, but because i'm technical and, and rob's business there's there's not much conflict about those areas it's about how do we bring that together and go forward and that's great i think but you knew each other at school so what were your nicknames at school everyone had a nickname what was yours I was never cool enough to have a nickname. I was too boring. To <laughs> Rob and I got into a lot of trouble. We got into a lot of trouble, didn't we? We did get into a lot yeah, of trouble. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. Not, not in a nasty way, in a, in, a, in a just mischievous, fun way. But yeah, we did. Um, we certainly had a bit of a reputation of maybe not being academically focused all the time. Let's put it as pl- Well, you know what that is? If you were troublemakers at school, it mean that you're disruptors in business. How about that? That's what <laughs> yeah, that's Chris, that's much more complimentary. <laughs> I, I, I think that what's central to, to Rob and I's relationship is that we we spend a lot of time laughing and that really really helps we find the same things funny we're always looking for the ridiculous and it's actually out of that that helps to build a really strong relationship that sounds a bit crazy but i think we 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 became friends because we found the same things funny i think that's what it was uh, i know what we're doing is very serious but that underpins our, our relationship business should be yeah, fun yeah. Yeah. and relationships are everything in business aren't they not just with your customers but between each other right look we've touched on this a little bit already but solid surface but you've been around a long time but it's a very competitive market there are lots of people operating in this sector there's lots of brands operating in this sector what sets you apart what what makes wharf different so as far as we're concerned i guess the, the take on it is that there's a lot of people out there making solid surface worktops and and the bigger guys the guys we kind of know well do a great job so our kind of usp the way we stand out is trevor primarily said you know we've got to build this business to scale and we've got to build it to understand and service the customer so we're all about giving a great customer experience and i think a lot of people are on the tools all the time that's an irritation that's a distraction whereas we've come it the other way around and basically said look if we were the customer of wharf how would we want to be treated how what kind of experience would we want so we we spent a lot of time and effort making sure that, that we deliver on that consistently with, with every customer where, wherever they are and how much they spend with us. We also do a thing that's slightly out of sync with the rest of the industry. We focus on what solid surface means to our customers, what they get out of it, as opposed to perhaps pushing what solid surface can do. There's a lot of ego associated with it. Look, look at the lovely things and shapes I can make out of this product, product and look at the lovely colours. 
But actually, our customers tend to be a little bit more conservative and they like the seamlessness, they like the hygiene, the the non-porous features, etc. But they're not really into the thermoforming and the cladding. So we don't talk about that. We just say you've got a semi-detached house with a modest kitchen or you've got a thousand square foot flat. What do you want in your L-shaped kitchen or or, or U-shaped kitchen? What, what what's what's going to work for you? So I think some of the people we work, you know, competitors are a little bit like, well, that's beneath us. We need to do some elaborate, great big uh, foyer or commercial job. So that's another part of what we do is we just really understand what our customers want. Um, and I think thirdly, it's we because we talk all the time, we discuss what's going on all the time. We come up with some great innovations, whether it's product related or service related. We we constantly think, how do we react to the information we've got in a way that keeps us relevant, keeps us in front of customers? So we've, we're the first people, as far as we're aware, the first people to come up with a 12 millimeter overlay product because we saw what Quartz were doing. So we responded to that and we've actually got a patent pending on a process that enables us to do that. And then as, you know, other things, we're, we're currently just in the process of launching an environmentally based product. You know, it's that constant kind of keeping on our toes, listening to customers and that kind of stuff. And to be frank, it's subtle, but I don't think that our competitors are necessarily as tuned into that or as, or as adept and swift at doing that as we, as we perhaps are. Yeah, which I think is great. Consistency, understanding your customer. I mean, it's all classic stuff, isn't it, that really does set people apart. I always think retailers end up going with products. They decide the product's good, and then they kind of put that to one side and go, right, box ticked. What about the list of other 12 things that I need from people who supply me? And, and, and I think a lot of suppliers miss all those things sometimes. Do you think, Trevor, that comes from having done the job yourself at the other end of this, the chain? Yeah, I think that's I think that's really fundamentally important. So I've, we've got a lot of things to our advantage. The fact that, I, that I've, I've been a kitchen manufacturer, so I, I know how the challenges of dealing with the end user and with uh, subcontract labour and all that kind of stuff. I know our worktop product inside and out. Yeah, that's really valuable. Um, so we have a lot. I have a lot of sympathy, and I think that comes across in the way that we work with studios. Is that I understand that the worktop is just one part of their problem, and they've got lots of stuff they've got to deal with. And I don't need a, a worktop supplier to not answer the phone or not turn up to template when he said he was going to all that kind of stuff. That's really just makes life easy. Our best customers, they're not passionate about solid surface, but they love the fact that if they sell our product, it's going to happen. Their customer will get a top, they will get paid um, and they'll make money. So uh, they're our best customers. Some of the ones that are really, really into solid surface and want to do all the what, the really wacky stuff. We've, we've got several that we work with and work with a long time that we do that, but actually we're probably not the best people for that because it's 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 it doesn't really suit our our skill set. What we're good at is good solid solid surface and reliability and making money for showrooms. That's that's what we're good at. Yeah, taking care of business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that so many more premium kitchens, the mid to high end kitchens, the whole emphasis to me seems to have shifted towards engineered stone and quartz and that kind of thing. Do you think solid surfaces do a bit of a, of a renaissance in, in that area? There is a very distinct difference between them. There is. And I have sympathy with studios because quartz is easy to sell. There's lots of no's with quartz. No, you, it can't be this thickness or it can't be that wide or that long without adjoining it. It can't be seamlessly joined up the walls, all those sorts of things. It's got lots of positives. I don't want to knock the product. It's done incredibly well. But there are lots of no's. So what that means is that somebody who hasn't got much experience in the showroom, uh, someone who's just joined a showroom uh, in the sales role, can very quickly get up to speed and actually 
sound convincing and actually give the customer really good information about that product. The issue we have with solid surface is there are very few no's. Yes, you can take it all up the walls and down onto the floor. Yeah, you can mold it around here and, and you can take it up into the window board, whatever. All these things that sort of, the, that makes it much harder for someone with, with less experience and less confidence to sound convincing when someone's standing in front of them asking about a material. So that's, that's one issue that we've had. I think that it's very easy to focus on negatives of solid surface. People talk about scratching and heat resistance. As we know, no, no materials is, is perfect. The ones that are resistant to scratching aren't, aren't very friendly to live with. They're not going to be seamless. They're not going to be easy to join. They're going to be brittle, etc., etc. It's had a bit of a bad rap. I think, I think it's been let down hugely by the, the manufacturers of the product. They've focused on the wrong aspects of the material. Essentially, it's seamless. It's repairable. So if you invest in a solid surface worktop, not cheap, if you want, you can have that top for 40 years. And we've gone back to solid Sikorian jobs, which we didn't do, that are 40, 40 years old. You can sand them and make them look like they're brand new again. There's no other material that can do that. So for our customers, investing in an expensive worktop, we can say that this, is, this can be repaired forever and no other material can. You know, a laminate top, is if it gets damaged, you just check it out and start again but an expensive quartz top or granite top that's been damaged it's damaged that's it you're kind of screwed so there are huge advantages and and it is due a renaissance it needs a lot more industry support and it needs a lot more training and knowledge in the studios i think it's about you as a designer having a palette of options, isn't it? Having a, en enough of a wide understanding of all the things that are out there and are available to you to pick the right thing for the right job. Rob, back to you. Because one of the other things, we talked about this being a competitive market, and it is. But do you think one of the other mistakes that people make is that they think all the different brands of solid surface materials are basically the same thing with a different name on it? There's definitely that. I think there's you almost step back as a lot of people who, what is solid surface is probably the first question. And I think there's a massive amount of education and information that you know we need to get across but fundamentally there's an element of truth in that i think um there's an awful lot of uh, solid surface product out there of similar colors but different brands different manufacturers and in some ways that's a good thing so there's a consistency in the quality of the product and the experience the customer gets on that front i think the the subtlety is that there are differences in some of the material makeup so you can get a laminated base solid surface um, that's sort of three mil or six mil thick right through to polyester. And then what we deal with is the kind of a premium end, which is the acrylic solid surface. So it's a much more pure material. There is a mistake, but I don't think that's the fault of the studios or the customers. That's that's just down to very clear messages and marketing that, um, you know, as part of what we're focused on to evangelize about it and make sure that they, they understand what they're getting, enjoy what are getting. But I don't think... It's rare these days you'd, you'd buy from one brand and you'd get an inferior solid surface to another. I think the, the quality of the products throughout is high. I think it's just making sure people, it's again back to where we said, it's all to do with the, the bolt-ons, the customer experience and the performance around that in terms of the choices. Yeah, I, I, can I just, sorry, Andrew, can I, can I just come in on, on that? I think, I think one difference, there is a difference, is that what we're seeing a lot more is the slab solid surface products, the 20 mil 25 mil products and that has changed the market and i think that's that's a lot of the consumers experience now is, is that which is done in their house it's done in there it's done like laminate worktops creates a huge mess uh, you can't have all the features so i think that's a uh, but you can't deny it's 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 got attraction in the market we can either say that's a bad thing or we can and what we're doing is saying okay how can we we, we acknowledge that that's 
a product that Solid Surface is being successful in, how can we get involved in that and do it as well as we can? I'm wondering whether one of the elements of this is that perhaps quartz, whatever, is thought of as being a natural product, you know, even though it sort of isn't. It's an engineered, it, it feels like it's a natural stone, whereas, you know, solid surface is perhaps undeservedly thought of as, a, as an unnatural product because there's also a lot of acrylic or whatever that goes into these things. So what are you doing around the idea of sustainability, reuse, recycle? Because I think that's a big part of the discussion. Rob? Yeah, I sort of mentioned we, we innovate. One of the things that we've been looking at predominantly initially from a cost perspective was how do we reduce our waste? And they managed to get our waste down from around about 30% to less than sort of 3 or 4%. You know, it's, it's quite small now. The industry as a whole, solid surface, still creates a colossal amount of waste. And we're under enormous pressure from legislation that we see hitting the the commercial market and just general consumer shift away from products that are deemed environmentally damaging. So we've been very focused on finding solutions for that. We, we don't make the material, so therefore we can't control the way the solid surface is, is created, but we can control how it's used and how the waste in particular is used. So we, we've come up with our own slab product, which uses up to 45% waste material. So effectively, that's material that would have gone into landfill. And the really funny thing about that is, of course, we've now got this product that we've tested and we're putting out to market, but we create no waste. So we've then had to approach distributors and our competitors and say, by the way, have you got any waste? And, and of course, the reaction has been, we've got it coming out of our ears and we, and we can't or they soon they won't be able to landfill it. So they're paying to store it and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So we're getting a lot of positive response, as you can imagine, where people are saying, you're prepared to take our waste and, and actually turn it into countertops. The really interesting thing is the customer will not and does not see any difference in the product. So they'll still, still see the beautiful solid surface product, but underneath and within that product, we can tuck away a colossal amount of waste again it's it's one of we've got more innovations on the way on that front but i think it's critical for doing our bit for the environment stopping landfill filling up with parts of worktops that really shouldn't be there so um we're pretty excited about that we, we're getting good feedback already and we, we're just in the process of launching that with our existing customers and then we'll push it to a wider a wider market once we can uh, you know get get the volume ramped up and off we go so that'll be a fairly short fuse that'll bring to the third and fourth quarters of this year I mean, that's real game changer stuff, isn't it? Particularly when as this conversation will ramp up and up and up as the weeks and months and years go on. There won't be anybody who isn't affected by this and won't have to tell that kind of story and you're you're already ahead of them. So let's let's look against the future, but let's conclude all this with the future. What what plans do you have going forward? We're in economic uncertainty at the, at the moment. The, the market isn't fantastic. What plans do you have, Trevor, for the next sort of 12 months or so to keep you up there? You're absolutely right. It is really challenging out there. But, but you know, we moved into our present factory in 2008 the same week that the Lehman Brothers went bust so that, that was kind of the start of like well what are we going to do and, and I don't think you're suggesting there's a link there are you Trevor yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I never know um, no uh, I'm not uh, what I am saying though is that if you look at the last 15 years it's been hard work actually it's, it's gone you know you can't make up what, what we've uh, what we've gone through but we've grown consistently through that period so we're going to focus on customer service that's the most important 
important thing. We're going to work with the customers that we like working with and we're going to help them and support them as much as we can. We won't work with the ones that, that muck us about because I think we, we haven't got the bandwidth to carry them along with us. So we're going to focus on the good customers, the ones who really want good service. And and Rob's just sort of laid it on the line, really. We kind of saw this coming in a way. We, this was a, possi- a big possibility and we've just been working on developing these new products. Our overlay product, it's done phenomenally well, better than anyone in the business thought it would do. So we've got a few things in up our, you know, we've got great service. We've got still got the wharf experience. So the customers who get that really love it. We've got overlay, which is uh, again, a great product and it's an entry level product. So that means it gets solid surface into, into houses that basically Corians and, 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 and the hot end studios aren't attacking and they love the product. And then we're moving into this eco product, which is, will be huge commercially because we're seeing already that the big companies are having to prove their green credentials and are having to use products which basically aren't that great at the moment but that's the only choice out there so it's really interesting i think but to answer your question a bit quicker we're going to focus on our service making sure that people get what they want when they want and we sort any problems out well i can't think of a better place to end it than that trevor you put that very succinctly and very perfectly so look thank you both for your time here chaps it's such an interesting story as I've said to you before, we file this under industry's best kept secret. A level of expertise and service that you have is fantastic. So thank you for telling your story to us and we'll speak again soon. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it.